Indianapolis. Go drop in. It's the moment y'all been waiting for. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are Indy's hip hop station. Hot 100.9. One, two, two, Hold up. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC Studios on this first Sunday of December. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed some time off with your family for the Thanksgiving holiday. I did. Uh, I ate a lot, and I'm still recovering. On the show today, you know, they say you have good shows, but today, y'all, we got a good one for you. For years, she dominated the TV as the most watched evening news anchor in Indianapolis for 21 years until she disappeared from the evening anchor desk and made national headlines on her exit. The question people are still asking today, what happened to Andrea Moorhead? She was going through breast cancer and then disappeared from the TV. And the headlines that you can Google right now, read that she claimed harassment and discrimination and that even her co-workers were betting on the day she would call out sick while trying to recover from breast cancer. Those are some of the details that she is revealing in a new podcast and YouTube show. This is her first local interview right here on Open Lines. Andrea Moorhead speaking out for the very first time coming up here in about 15 minutes. Andrea Moorhead. People are excited for this one. Also this morning, charter schools here in Indianapolis would like to hear from you. There is an event coming up just this week that will allow for parents to sit down and express their concerns, raise questions, and speak about their needs, what their students' needs in charter schools here in Indianapolis as the number of students who are now going to charter schools in Indy only continues to grow. We will start there this morning uh, here coming up on the show. For those of you who are new to the show today, because you know you want to hear about uh, Andrea Moorhead, this show is here every Sunday at 8 o'clock on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. We're glad to have you here with us this morning. Let's first get started with what is going on over at the Mind Trust. Uh, They get the top of the show today to find out um, how parents are getting a chance to speak out and to learn more, to answer questions, to raise questions, uh, to get their concerns addressed or ideas brought to the forefront. To talk about that on our live line right now is Kim Graham and as well, and a parent, I should say, a parent, Susan Sargent, uh, who has a student who goes to an Indianapolis charter school. Uh, Kim and Susan, good morning. Good morning, Cameron. Thank you. So, good morning. Thank you so much for coming on the show uh, Kim, let me start with you. First, tell us a little bit about your position and what's going on on Tuesday. So I'm Kim Graham. I'm the director of an organizing partnership for Empowered Families. So we are excited about this event on December 12th that we will be hosting um, at the library from 6 to 730 at downtown, free parking. And we want to hear from parents. Um, how they feel about their schools. We will have a panel of parents telling about 
all the wonderful things that are happening at the schools, and you are allowed to ask questions also. You are allowed to ask uh, questions. How often um, does, I, well, uh, let me back up. Why did you guys feel the need to do this? We felt that parents need to have a voice. And so we decided to do a report. Um, we interviewed over 2,000 um, parents, students, and community members to find out what they felt about what was happening at the school. So we decided, let's put this report together. And now the report is here. You can go to the website and see the report. And then the parents are going to be able to be vocal on the panel. As you register, you can submit questions. And then you also be able to submit questions that day. So you... Uh, have done a a study that you are now revealing the results yes. of. Yes, we are. Okay. So, um, you know, charter schools is a hot topic because already the phone line is ringing, um, and I'll allow folks to come in and bring their thoughts and questions. Charter schools uh, in Indianapolis has been a growing and controversial topic for years in Indianapolis, but uh, they're not going anywhere. Um, about half of the students who live in Center Township now go to an independent charter school, uh, and that trend is not going away. And if you were listening to uh, the mayoral debate that we did here a couple of weeks ago on this station, uh, then you heard me ask the mayor and the mayoral candidates, um, would charter schools continue to grow or would they go away? And uh, they both indicated that there's no uh, plans to put a moratorium or slow down charter schools. So with that, uh, it's time to uh, take things seriously and uh, give these schools the same uh, weight and attention and um, as as you would with IPS, because literally half the kids are going there. Uh, Susan, you have a student who goes to a school, right? Yes, he goes to Rooted School Indy. He goes to Rooted School. All right. What has been your experience? Um, I I absolutely love that I had an option for him to be in a charter school. I have two sons. They're 15 years apart. So my, my older son was a product of Hal and um, Arlington High School. And I was very disappointed. So when I had my second son, um, he did private school all the way up to till I figured out that charter school was an option, mm -hmm. and I put him in there. For me, it was mostly the size of the school, the access that I have to him. You know, I could call the school and they know who I'm talking about, and and his safety. Just being in a smaller environment, I felt it was more controlled. So that was very important to me. What do you think parents are saying uh, about their experience in charter schools? I mean, that's your experience. Overall, what do you think uh, parents are saying? And, you know, your son goes to rooted school over at Eastern Star over on 30th. Uh, what do you expect other parents who are in a similar position to you uh, will say? I'm hoping that they will say it is a good experience because, it, you know, as for me, it, it's kind of difficult. We, we don't have the same opportunities that you that the IPS schools have, of course, mm -hmm. even though we are in IPS boundaries. I'm sure most of us are. Mm -hmm. And charter school, charter and innovation schools are public schools, but I don't think people understand that. So we I think the, the main issues that they might have is the level of I don't know how to say this. 
the transportation is probably going to be their biggest concern because mm-hmm. we don't have they don't have the funding that IPS schools have. I think that's that's probably be the biggest part, but I think most parents are satisfied. Most parents enjoy that they have an opportunity that years ago we didn't have. Kim, what do you think? Well, what does the study reveal about what parents are saying or concerned about? Um, Transportation was one of the biggest issues, as we understand that um, a lot of the charter schools do not have busing, but they are working on to get busing um, because parents want their children to be able to have access um, to the same thing that um, every other child has when it comes to busing to the schools. Um, We've also heard... um, you know, parents also want to know um, what's happening at the school. They want to be able to be visible at the school. You know, they want to have a voice at the school. So this report reveals everything, and we'll have people on the panel to give their opinion about their experience at the charter school. And so one thing I definitely want to elaborate on is that people need to understand that charter schools are public schools. Mm-hmm. You know, the innovation schools are in the IPS building and IPS And the one other message we're trying to stress is that better together. We have another campaign coming up where we want IPS and the charter schools to work together. Um, Let's put the differences aside and think about the children. The children and families should come first. That's who we are really backing the families to let them know, yes, we are here. We want to work with you. But the schools, we want them to understand also that, um, you know, the parents do have a right to come and get active at the school. So let's all work together for the kids. Uh, We are on the air this morning uh, talking about the opportunities that parents will have coming up here to learn more and to discuss more about the charter schools that are uh, educating our kids here in central Indiana and in Indianapolis with an event that is coming up um, with uh, a number of different school leaders from around the area on our air right now is Kim Graham and Susan Sargent, uh, who represent two different sides of things that are happening inside of charter schools. If you have a question for them, you can call 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Kim, you were just mentioning about how confusing things are, you know, with the branding, and that has been something that I've heard has been confusing to me. I've had a whole show where I've discussed the difference between a private school and a traditional public school and a public charter school and an innovation school and a magnet school. <laughs> um, so there there are some things there. I think the charter schools should all just rebrand themselves as a center township school or a center township network school, and then uh, it'll sound less confusing. So if somebody takes that idea, you're welcome. Um, on the event coming up, give us the details of when that is and where that is. Okay, so the event is December 12th from 6 to 7.30 at the Downtown Central Library, 40 East St. Clair Street. Free parking in the library, also in their garage. And so we will have um, lighter doors, and then we'll have a little bit of music. We will have school talent. Um, And then you can come and um, enjoy yourself and just, you know, mingle with other parents across the city. That's the one thing about Empowered Families. We like to work with the families. We like to work with the students. You know, nowadays, we can't just say parents. 
because we have grandparents raising children now. We have great-grandparents raising children now. We want the community members to come. You can come even if you don't have a child just to come to hear some of the things that parents have to say. You know, with Empowered Families, that's exactly what we want to do as we work with families. This event is free. Let me say it again, free. And everyone needs to come and just see what's happening in the schools. And you said December 12th, right? Yes, December 12th at 6 to 730. That is next Tuesday. Real quick before we go to the phones, can you explain what is Empowered Families? Empowered Families is an organization um, with we work with families, grandparents, and what we do is we um, help to build relationships between the schools and the parents. We want to strengthen the parent voice here in the city. We also um, want to help the schools find solutions. So one thing I've been saying and I've been stressing is that good schools have great parent groups. Failing schools do not. We want to help parents know, hey, let's get a group at your school. Let's work together with the school because it's a partnership. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do with Empowered Families. Uh, 317-239-1009. Let's take a couple calls real quick. 317-239-1009. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? What's going on, Cameron? Hey, hey Larry. Take a look who's who's on your program today. Now, these are black women, right? Mm -hmm. They know that the literacy rate in these schools is uh, zero, right? So why would they be promoting your child to go to a place where they're going to be illiterate? And better uh, unborn than uneducated, right? Somebody said that one time. I don't know who it was. But in any case, they're on there promoting this mess. And when she talks about the parent empowerment, what she's talking about is getting these poor black women who are on government assistance and threaten them for their, their benefits, right? And then also, they don't pay their teachers on time. My friend works at a charter school. She gets her check Tuesday. They say don't don't cash it to uh, to next Friday. So they don't pay that because they're waiting on handouts from the state. And it's just a whole big bunch of mess. And it's being promoted by black people. I mean, you can see it's disenfranchisement. And it's also degrading our kids. That's okay. punishment, Cameron. They haven't done anything to be punished yet. These people are on there punishing them. If you go to their little meetings, they have armed security guards so that you can't get in there and say anything. They're interfering in the lives of these kids, kids and they're All destroying right. them. They're child molesters and human traffickers. That's what they are. And All they're right, in this morning. They're black women, supposedly you, educated black women. They know what they're doing. All right, Larry. I got to roll. Our kids. They're nothing but tra traffic. All right. Thank you, Larry. Got to roll. Got to roll. So let me say something on, uh, you know, that's Larry. If you've never met uh, Larry, uh, regular of the show and also ran for mayor this past year. Um, the charter schools are all independent. So, you know, some of the things that Larry was saying was painting all the schools with a big old broad brush, which is unfair because uh, the charter schools are all independent. So uh, and there are some very successful um, charter yeah. schools um, out there. Some there. Now, let's be clear. There are some struggling charter schools. Several have closed this year. And so it is the entire spectrum. So, yes, there have been some charter schools that did not do well, that did not succeed and that have closed. But at the same time, we can't ignore the fact. And I want to say uh, Phelan over on the far east side off Midhoffer is one of the is the biggest and uh, has one of the best test scores that I had recently um, looked at. So I don't want to I, I don't like paint with broad brushes, especially when that broad brush uh, has a lot of unfair paint on it.
Right. But, and I just wanted to say to Larry, that's why you need to come to the event to hear some of the things that are happening in the charter schools. Paramount is an excellent charter school here in the city um, also. And that is why parents need to get involved so they can stay on top of the schools and the schools won't shut down. You know, that's, that's parent involvement is the biggest piece mm-hmm. for any school. And so um, that's why, Larry, I invite you to come and just hear some of the things that are happening. Yes, there have been some schools that shut down. We are very upset about that here at Empower Families. But let's also um, talk about the good schools, which is Paramount, that is out here doing wonderful things for our kids. We have Circle City Prep is another school. We have the Believe High School. Those children that believe go over to Ivy Tech every day. Um, They have kids getting associate degrees by the time they are a junior in high school. We have Adelante. So there are some successful charter schools out here. And, yes, there are some that are struggling. There are some that are struggling. But we can't put all of the charter schools in one lump, as you said. You know, and so um, and parent involvement is the biggest piece for these schools to stay open, stay on top of these schools. Yes, the scores, not just charter schools, the scores across the state are awful. Mm -hmm. They are. They are. And there was even a a report just talking about how schools across the state, no matter what category they fall in, how bad attendance is. So even from the from the richest school district to the poorest school district, attendance since COVID has been abysmal. Uh, and that is part of the problem uh, that schools are facing. We've got two more calls, so we've got to wrap this up. Let's go over phones real quick. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Greetings, Cameron. How are you today? I'm good. i got about 30 seconds for you, man. Okay. Uh, greetings, ladies. Uh, there's there's a positive side. I've been on the show for over three years now, and I always talk about unity. We need to get out and support these charter schools. These charter schools are in the neighborhoods. These people are trying to attempt to bring education uh, and teach our children from people that look exactly like them. So, again, if if we have a positive uh, attitude and a positive outlook so that we won't have to fight with these people to get the proper money that we need in order to educate our children, is, is, is uh, in other words, uh, this is a positive thing. And, and I hope that I'm saying something uh, to keep you guys inspired uh, uh, to continue to try to educate our children. So thank you, ladies, uh, and anybody else that supports the charter schools. Um, and, and we may be able to get back to some true history about our people. So right. thank you so much for uh, taking my call, and you guys have a wonderful day. Paul, thank you for being brief, brilliant, and gone. Appreciate you. Thank you. And thank I want to say thank you, Why You know, this big new initiative that we are pushing, pushing is better together. You can only you can only get better when you work together. You can only and get better I, when you work together and empower families. One thing that we've been doing, we've been hosting meetings. Show me the data. We're hosting a bullying meeting um, next week. So we're taking the topics to the community and we need the community to come out and support us so we can help them as they go into the schools and work together with the schools. Let me give one last call in because we got a roll. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Anthony Hampton. Anthony Hampton, you got 30 seconds, my man. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm kind of just like Larry. Uh, the mind trust don't pay their bills. I ran a summer learning lab for Aspire Indy. Mm. Uh, never got paid $5,000 that I was promised. I've reached out to the mind trust. Uh, never heard anything else back from them. 
it's all a money grab for our children. Our children aren't learning. I work in a school district, uh, so we can get on here and parade and talk about education. Our ed- kids aren't learning anything, and uh, the charter is all a money grab. And, and so what was your name? Have that lady reach out to me or have the mind trust reach out to me about my $5,000. Absolutely. Learning lab. It would be greatly appreciated. What is your name and what was your organization? My name is Anthony Hampton. I worked for Aspire Indies Learning Lab, which ended up being two learning labs that I had to run instead of one. Uh, I reached out to them about my money. Uh, they told me that it would be on the way. Never heard anything else back. From and how long ago was that? Because it's wintertime. No, uh, that was just this summer. Okay. Uh, been reaching, they've been ducking and dodging me uh, since the summer. Okay. Well, with that, uh, Kim, can you uh, take some of that information down? And uh, make sure that that gets to the appropriate folks. And I hope that the folks at the the Mind Trust can can follow up because uh, it sounds like the gentleman provided some services and 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 needs his money. Yes, I have. Cameron, Anthony, can I add something, please? Yes, very quickly, very quickly. As a parent, it was very important to me that my son goes to a school where he his voice. Um, it was important that he goes to a school that I know had educators that looked like him mm-hmm. who would feel comfortable with him. So I appreciate the caller who um, brought that to the forefront. And, yes, there are some bad schools, but there's some great schools. So we don't need the negative Nancys like Larry. We need people who are positive. We need people who are positive to inspire our kids. Well, don't let to Larry make a difference. Don't let Larry get you down. I could do a segment about Girl Scout cookies, and Larry would find something wrong to say about it. So, uh, yes, I've heard Larry before. Yes, yes, yes but we we always appreciate Larry's call. Hey, look, we've got to go. It appears that this is going to be a good continuing conversation. Give us the details very quickly on where folks can continue this conversation in person. Okay, you can go to empoweredfamiliesindy.org slash events and register for this event. That's where you can start submitting your questions. And then if you want to see the report, you can go to empoweredfamiliesorg parent report. The report is there. So I want to make sure everybody knows where to go to register. But you can also come if you don't register. We just want to get a head count so we can make sure we have Everything for everybody. All right. Kim and Susan, thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm going to read that report myself, and I'm going to do my best to show up there on the 12th as well. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank, thank you very much. All right. Still to come here on the show, ladies and gentlemen, Andrea Moorhead. I'm playing lay low for a reason because she is bringing the heat. And I hope you have your tea ready. She dominated TV news for 21 years until she disappeared. And to this day, people are still asking, where is Andrea Moorhead? Well, I found her. She's here on the show. She's with me next. This is Open Lines. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9. Brandon, let's play all the commercials. Get them out the way so we can have 40 minutes with Andrea Moorhead.
Open Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we are back live here on this Sunday morning. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you on 100.9, Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show here, because we've got an amazing guest coming, this show is here every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock on both stations. And if you're streaming right now on our website, we're there too. And if you're going to miss any part of today's show, you can find this show anywhere you get podcasts. I am so excited because I got a lot of questions, and I hope you have your tea. I literally made tea here this morning because Andrea Moorhead is here. She had been on your TV for 21 years, and then she disappeared. Now, you've heard things in the headlines. You've seen things on social media, and it has raised eyebrows. Some of it is shocking. Some of it is depressing. Um, and some of it leaves you with questions. Like, hmm. But one of the main questions is folks want to know, where is Andrea Moorhead, and is she okay? Ladies and gentlemen, in the first local interview, uh, with, let me just say, a local news legend. Andrea Moorhead is here live on Open Lines. Andrea, good morning. Oh, my God. Good morning. I am so excited to be with you, Cameron. And let me just say, I'm so proud of you. I don't know if you've ever told the audience before, but, you know, I remember you when you were a young one mm-hmm. and you wanted to be in the business. And I just remember, you know, speaking with you and helping you through the process. And I'm just so excited to see that you are living out your dream. You're living out your purpose and you are helping people through the field of journalism and communications, which is it is a job of service. It's a job of ministry. So I'm so proud of you and grateful for this opportunity to finally be able to say thank you to the Indianapolis community for fabulous 21 years there and to talk about why I left because I know there are millions of people, hundreds of people in Indianapolis alone who are suffering from bullying in the workplace. People don't want to talk about it. We want to say, oh, this only happens to children. This continues, unfortunately, as adults as well. And so this is why I'm here. This is why I left. And I'm excited to just share some things with everyone to, uh, so that you understand, for you to reassess where you live, where you work, the friends, the people in your life, and to determine whether or not that season is over. And so let's go. You guys got questions? Please call. Please ask. I am an open book. This is all about truth. And you know that phrase, the truth will set you free. I have never been more liberated than right now in this time in my life. Well, Andrea, we have literally, as as you said in one of the episodes in your new show, we watched you grow up. You were 29 years old when you came on the scene in Indianapolis as an anchor uh, on the NBC station, and you were there for 21 years. And yes, I have known you for some time. I probably was 16 or 17 when I first met you, and Mm -hmm. I, I mean... I'm, I got a fanboy out just a little bit because I watched you every night. And even now, I have to admit oh. that some of my delivery is inspired uh, from watching you. You know, oh you, several others, I mean, Bob Donaldson and Todd Wallace when he mm-hmm. was at Channel 6. You know, we take different things to help learn how we do what we do. And I honestly think that I am able to host this radio show by myself because partially watching you, I remember there was one time you were anchoring the news 
And I was like, mm-hmm. is she anchoring by herself? Because you're so <laughs> dynamic, I couldn't tell if you had a co-anchor or not because you didn't wow. need one because that's just how dynamic and good you were. And I was like, I want to be like that. And so with all that said, I know what those are some of the reasons why I've been getting calls and texts for the past couple of days. Oh, my God, you have Andrea Morehead. What happened? <laughs> So, oh gosh, it's like where do we begin? There's where do so we begin? Much. So let's begin with you. You're doing a new uh, podcast and YouTube series, and the first two episodes are up. I believe the third episode just dropped this morning at midnight, right? Well, no, it's going to drop later on this evening. Okay, later on this evening, but on Sunday, yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I watched the first two episodes, and and I relate to a lot of the things that are in the second episode. So let's really start there because. First, let me add, let's say, I'm a two-part question. One, are you okay? Because you left TV in a time when you were visibly uh, fighting breast cancer. Um, and then let's get into the last day that you were on the air because it was about a story that uh, had to do with George Floyd and how mothers were responding to it. And for you, the way that story was handled was the straw that broke the camel's back and then led to a whole bunch of other things. Absolutely. So to answer your first question, I am thriving. To say that I am literally better than best life. I am thriving in a way that I always wanted to. I'm thriving in a way that God wants us all to thrive and to live, to live with purpose and passion, but to live and to work in an environment where you totally feel safe, where you're valued, where your worth is appreciate it. And so, yes, I am fabulous. You all might see me on HSN from time to time. I'm able to represent brands on HSN selling their home decor items, which I love. It's kind of like my pastime um, that, that I just love home, de- home decor and interior designing. So I'm able to do that. And of course, now I'm back on all of the local channels as the community impact anchor for Rejoice Financial, where I am telling stories uh, of service, stories about nonprofit organizations in Indianapolis and across the state that are doing phenomenal things in our community. And so I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the second chance at life. And I'm so grateful for the second chance of having a work and being in a work environment where I truly feel valued and appreciated and where I'm thriving. So to answer, you know, the second question, you know, the the title of my podcast is My Silence is Not for Sale. And, you know, I filed a lawsuit. Everybody knows that. And, you know, the purpose of the lawsuit was really to extract the truth. I wanted people in the community to understand that although you saw me, I did a very good job, not faking it, but I did a very good job of masking what was really going on behind the scenes. And I can tell you, this isn't just my story. This is for other people who have also worked there before, um, who, not that they were necessarily afraid to speak, but, you know, we understand what it means that when you stand up to power, when you stand up to people who are in control of your pocketbook, or as the kids say, in control of your bag, you're a little less hesitant to say anything because you don't want to rock the boat. This is your livelihood. You love your job. You want to prosper and continue to succeed. But when people are intentionally, intentionally standing in the way to make sure that you don't succeed, to make sure you're not thriving, then we have now gone into a whole other territory of abuse. It took me two years of therapy to understand that that's what was going on. It was bullying, it was abuse, the racism, the discrimination, the microaggressions kind of all fall underneath the umbrella of bullying, the gaslighting, which is nothing but lies, the manipulation, it all happened. 
They know what happened. They were all involved in it. They want to deny it, but you can't deny the truth. And so that was the reason for the podcast, because I want people to understand that these are real issues. In fact, 76.3 million Americans are affected by workplace bullying. 30% of Americans are bullied as we speak. And these are real stats, but we don't talk about it because there is that intimidation and that fear factor. No one wants to come out and speak out. Well, I got into the journalism business to serve. It is a ministry, and it always has been. And, you know, people would ask me all the time, what's the biggest story that you've ever covered? And I've never really been able to explain, well, oh, it was meeting Obama. It was doing this. It was going to the Olympics. No, the biggest story of my life is this story. Because and it can help other people. It can hopefully change laws. It can make environments, workplace culture better so that we flip the script. And we, instead of promoting the bullies, instead of, um, you know, not holding people accountable, now we're going to hold people accountable. Now we're going to make sure that everyone, regardless of race, creed, origin, religion, sexual orientation, that everyone thrives. And I know that I've hit something because I have, I have received hundreds of texts, hundreds of emails, everyone asking, can you be on my podcast? Can you talk? Because people know this is real. People are, are dying. People are wanting to feel as if they are connected to a collective, a, a body collective of, of folks who say, we deserve change and we're going to get change. And, so and I'm committed to this. I'm committed. I'm not going anywhere. Some people may say, oh, well, you know, you're seeking revenge and you're doing this. There's no revenge in my body whatsoever. This is all about education, awareness, and making it better for everyone. The part about revenge and all of that and getting people back, that's God's business. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. He's handling that side. But my, I am required to serve. I am required to not be silent and to speak truth to power. Well, let me add this real quick, Andrea. You're able to speak now because your book is called My Silence, and the podcast is My Silence is Not for Sale because you did not sign a non-disclosure agreement when you dropped your lawsuit. That's why you're able to speak now and do so freely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people got a little confused. They were like, well, so when she dropped it, that meant nothing happened. No, it's just the opposite. If I had signed a settlement, which they did offer, basically what that means is not basically what it means is that I'm signing away my rights to ever talk about it. I take the money and run. I go off and live whatever my life is, and I can never speak about any of it again. But, you know, one of my one of my heroes is John Lewis. And, you know, former congressman, late congressman John Lewis, and I'm reading his book, and I'm almost finally near the end. But there's something on page 64 that he says is that sometimes we have to make the hard decisions. We have to have courage to stand up against the power. We have to have courage and not be comfortable where we are. We cannot be afraid to speak our mind and to speak the truth, because if we don't, nothing changes. And I think about that all the time. I think, you know, had he not had he and Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, all of these people who have gone before us, the Ida B. Wells, the Phyllis Wheatleys, had they not fought, we wouldn't be where we are. He wouldn't be on radio. I never would have been on television. So it is my obligation, it is my obligation to stand and to continue to carry the baton so that we can make it better for everyone. I will never back down. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my cancer, God used that to give me the strength to stand up and to fight. So let's go. So let's go to June 5th. Yeah. June 5th was the last day that we saw you on TV. 
Uh, you talk about this as you're referencing the book. Let me reference your show now. In episode two, which I just watched uh, this weekend, uh, there was a story about George Floyd that you were asked to do. That was the, not the first instance, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back uh, where it sounds like co-workers, uh, co-anchors, and others were interfering in your stories or uh, you've mentioned things that people were changing your scripts, different things. And something about that story was what broke the, the straw in the camel's back and caused you to say, honey, get the lawyers. Yeah. You know, so much that happens in society, we can all see something. We can see ourselves in events that take place. And I, I, I don't think that there is any black American, if you're a human being, who did not feel the weight of that moment. Everyone around the world felt the weight of that moment. And so here I am doing a story and talking with mothers, black mothers, white mothers, people, women, human beings, about their feelings regarding the George Floyd murder. And it came from a picture, a post that I placed on Instagram where I was holding my son. And I said, I'm hugging him tighter than ever. Because I was in a, it was so depressing. I, my mental health had been affected, all of us. Because it really symbolized a man who, who screams, who cries for his mother, who's wailing. No one heard him. We heard him, but we didn't, we didn't act. The police officers continued to basically snuff his breath and take his life. And it felt to me as I was doing this story that this was my moment. This was a moment where... I wasn't being heard. I wasn't being understood. I, my value was being diminished. My life did not matter because I had been talking about many of these issues for over 15 years. The last two and a half years while I was battling cancer were the worst of the egregious behaviors that I've outlined on, on my silence is not for sale. But in that moment, literally God spoke to me and it wasn't planned. It wasn't planned. It literally was a moment where God said, this is the day that you need to leave. This is the moment because I was George Floyd. So what exactly were the, there was a story that aired at six o'clock and then there was part two that was going to air at 11. Something happened between the six o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news between you and a producer you were saying. Yeah. The producer called at six 30 after the six o'clock broadcast, which is when the first story aired. And she said, okay, we're going to air your part two tonight at 11 o'clock. And I said, okay, great. She says, you know, you're going to point to front it, which means you all would have seen me on the air introducing the story. And as she was talking, as I said, God spoke to me and said, no, just just tell her, you know, it can air by itself on its own. And I did. And I hung up the phone. And that's when I went downstairs and told my husband that I was done. It literally, literally was me, for me, perhaps the best symbol of how I was feeling the best symbol of how you all have been treating me, the best symbol of what this whole struggle has been all about. You know, we can, we can march, and that's fine. We can, you know, talk about Black Lives Matter. That's fine, obviously. We can fight the power. But if we are not intentional about how we go about doing it, it's just a moment. I'm not about a moment. This is a movement. This is a movement for substantive change because what I don't want to see is for my son for anyone to work in environments where they don't feel valued, where they know they're being gaslit, where they know they're being bullied, because my mental health was suffering, well, which let's... is why I walked out. I thought to myself, on that day, on that moment, 
this is the time to leave. There's no better story for me to walk away, to walk away from this industry in this city than George Floyd's story. Because so, he so, represented so many of us. So let's stop. So let's stop right there for just a second. We're on the air this morning with the legendary Andrea Moorhead, and she's just told us the day that she realized mm-hmm. that the news is too heavy, this job is too heavy, and I can relate to to that. But that wasn't what made you decide to walk away. That was the last, like, ha, huh, I can't do this anymore. So let's go yeah. back because during all of this, you're you're battling breast cancer. Uh, you're still showing up on the news every day with a smile, and I know how hard that can be when you're having a bad personal day, but you have to present yourself as if everything is great. Here's the news. Thanks for watching. That alone is a mental mind blank uh, for people who have to do that on a regular basis. But some of the things that you were dealing with, I mean, the news itself is difficult, but you were dealing with things behind the scenes as well. Uh, the lawsuit mentions, the news articles mention um, that uh, in your time, uh, the things that were weighing you down during breast cancer was also that your managers and your coworkers, people that you also share an anchor desk with uh, the lawsuit says and the reports say, and you say in your podcast, um, we're betting what days you would call out sick. And you found out about that because they were having that conversation in an email and it was accidentally forwarded to you. Well, no, there was, there are actually two separate incidents. So the betting took place on the day that I had my very last immunotherapy treatment back in 2020. And I found out about the bet the night, the next day from people who were in the newsroom who heard it, saw it, witnessed it, were upset by it and told me. Um, of course, they're denying it, but it happened. It happened. The email was a separate incident that took place about a month later. During COVID, we were all working from home, as everyone knows, and I was working from my home. Um, had every, all my broadcasting equipment and all was there, and so I was showing up from home every day. And I sent a, a story idea to the news director, assistant news director, and two executive producers and the assignment desk editor. And it was just a story idea about dogs that we were hearing were coming down with COVID. So I sent it to them, and they were talking about me, if you will, <laughs> disparaging, and it accidentally came to me. Instead of pushing reply to all of them, he pushed reply all, and I got the email. And so I responded, I'm sure you did not expect for me to see this. And there was, you know, um, a lot of, <laughs> as you can imagine, um, I sent it to the general manager and nothing was done. The assistant news director tried to call and apologize. But by that point, the aggregate of everything else that I had experienced over the last 15 years and more specifically the last two and a half years under this specific administration, I just had had enough. And I, by that point, have been going to therapy and realized that what I was going through was classic abuse. It was classic gaslighting. And my therapist, for the very first time, she just said, you should really be dead right now. All that you're saying to me, how is it that you're standing here? And that really touched me. It hit a chord. Um, to, to explain that what I was going through was abuse, it literally opened my eyes to this problem, which, you know, Things happen. People make mistakes. You know, you can be, you can forget folks. People are held accountable. But this was where it was intentional. People were not being held accountable. 
I kept asking for help. I kept making management aware. It became part of the problem because he took everyone else to maintain the power structure. And I was reading and, in in the lawsuit you when you're as because we're at this point we're talking about how not only the news is weighing on you, but what's happening in the newsroom is weighing on you. You're still showing up. Uh, and so this is where you're saying this is where I'm, I'm being bullied. One of the things you say is that you, when you, you just said you were asking for help with certain things and you're, you know, you're going to your treatments and you're still showing up uh, for work, um, but they weren't always accommodating or they were, were they asking you to do too long of a shift sometime or what was that them not accommodating what you needed? It's a lot of, I mean, a lot of it was, um, I interviewed um, Joe Biden, who was the presumptive nominee back in 2019. I ended up having to work 16, 18 hour day. And I said, I can't do it. I was in the middle of treatment. I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. And the news director was like, well, the GM doesn't want one, one anchor. Um, they want two anchors. Um, I mean, it, you got the bet. You got some of the physical abuse by the news director poking me to, to have me come to his office to speak, threatening me, saying, Words like, oh, my gosh, the very first thing he said is, what's the beef going on between the two of us? I mean, the intimidation factor was real. And I look back on even on that specific moment and think, why was, why didn't I record it? Well, because I don't think like that. I'm going in to have a, a general conversation with someone. I never would think that I need to copy and or record what someone is saying. Um, changing my script, having stories that were completed that were taken away from me and told they were going to give to someone else, but not giving me a reason why. Stories that were completed, not airing because they wanted to air the stories of two of my other co-anchors in favor of mine, and I was never given another date. So I'm working, doing all of these things, doing my job, and yet people are standing in the way of allowing my, my stories to air. I mean, it, it's so much. I mean, even the hair. Everybody knows I was going through breast cancer. My hair, my buzz was coming back, and I decided to go on air with my natural hair. And as soon as I got off the desk, the news director called me into his office and said, you know, next time, don't let that happen again. You need to ask permission. And this was six months before the Crown Act was passed. So, again, all of these things that, that happened, the aggregate of it all, became very clear that I was not in a place that was and, and, ba that was and back that up real quick. You said you needed to, he was saying you needed to ask permission to change your hair? Yeah, I just asked permission. And I wasn't asking permission to wear a wig. Um, you know, I wore whatever I wanted to, but when I decided to wear my natural hair, mm -hmm. it was an issue. And I was told to make, to make sure that I asked permission next time. Don't let it happen again. And I said, well, I don't want to get cancer again. So hopefully I won't be in this, we won't have this conversation in the future. So, you know, it's those kinds of things that continue to just eat away at my, my own self-esteem. But at the end of the day, it was wrong. And again, a lot of people are dealing with this in their current situation where they're working and in other relationships. And it's just time to say that, you know, we're not going to accept it anymore. Um, one thing I want people to understand, this isn't just about talking about what happened. The podcast is really creating a movement where we can find solutions. And one of the solutions that are, that's really, really important here that has to be stressed is that there has to be an independent body to investigate claims of bullying, investigate claims of microaggressions, discrimination, racism, gaslighting. Because what often happens is HR, the HR departments, they're the ones who are investigating. And I keep telling people, HR is not our friend. HR is not our friend. I can't say that. I'm going to say it for the people in the back. HR is not your friend. 
They are there to protect the company. Yes, they give you information about hiring, your benefits. That's all they're really good for. When it comes to a claim, a complaint, they'll put it in your file, but nothing, trust me, very seldom will anything ever get done. And so what happens is they're keeping this file, but the file is actually building up on you to make you look like you're crazy, that you're complaining, that your you know, complaints are are um, you know aren't important that they're not true, and so what has to happen so that we can continue to protect the integrity of investigations like this is for there to be a separate body that investigates claims so that the objectivity is very very clear. Um, you can't investigate yourself. We already know what happens if you investigate yourself. You're going to say deny, 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 but you're not really seeking the truth. You're really protecting your pocketbook. Now, and Andrea. That's the you're getting a lot of phone calls. You have been since before you actually came on. The phone's been ringing the whole time. So let me wrap up my questions because people want to talk to you, and I want to give you that sure. opportunity. Um, when the, the, There are headlines when you Google your name says, Andrea Moorhead fired. Um, and, 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 and eventually there, there is a lawsuit. What really happened? Did you walk away or were you fired between let this lawsuit? Let me be clear. Let me be clear. I dropped the mic and walked away on June 5th, 2020 at 6.37 p.m. My attorneys called them the next day and said, Andrea will never return to work. I was still on disability because, of course, I was still going through immunotherapy treatment. So that had to continue. So from a disability standpoint, they technically fired me to take me off of their payroll books. That's what that was about. It's semantics. But during the mediation, they said, come back said, well, you're not holding anyone accountable. You're not making any substantive changes. And that's when I said, I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back. You can't allow me. You cannot not make changes and expect for someone to come back into the same environment. They chose not to do anything. They chose not to hold people accountable. And they wanted me to come back and work. And I said, never again. You are not making any substantive changes. So no, I didn't get fired. I left them. I dropped the mic and walked off and said, I will never return. And I meant it, and I haven't. Now, will you ever return to any other, I'm being very specific, local news desk? Because you're back on TV. Will you ever anchor a newscast in Indianapolis ever again? I won't say never, but what I will say is this. I'm at a point in my life at 54 years old where I'm good. (laughs) I, I don't. I don't necessarily want to work in an environment again where I'm, you know, putting my makeup on and going in every single day. I, I like having the freedom of being able to choose the people and the project and the environment that I work in and the people that I work with. Um, I'm a big time collaborator. I have a great team of people that I work with right now. We're working on a couple of documentaries. Um, I've got some other projects coming up. And I enjoy the freedom that it gives me. It gives me the freedom to really be creative and to think. So I don't know. Will I ever come back? I'll never say never. I won't say no, I'll never do that. Um, We'll just see what opportunities present themselves. But right now, I'm good. And so if I were a betting woman, probably not. All right. All right. Probably not. All right. All right. Let's go to the phones real quick. We're getting towards the end of the show, but... Brandon said we could steal a couple minutes of his show, and I might get a text that says, get off the air. But um, uh, let me go to the phones real quick. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. I'm calling back again. All right. You got, you got 20 seconds because you've been with us already. Hit, talk to me. Well, Angela, I wanted to say thank you so much. And I've, I've spoken with you in 2011, and you were educating me. I, was, I called you to find out if you would interview me uh, on the air about my first book 
and you told me uh, that I needed the agent. You just gave me the rundown of what was what was going on behind the scenes as far as trying to get an interview uh, mm-hmm. on the TV. So five oh. books later, I just wanted to say thank you uh, oh. for the information that you gave me back then, even though I don't have an agent today, but I'm still writing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you was one of my inspirations uh, as far as standing up and the things that I do write about. Thank you, Paul. So, thank God bless you, you so thank much. You thank you so much. What an honor. I, that's, that's why I do what I do. Here, here's what I'm going to do in the last couple of minutes, because, Andrea, you've got more shows to do, more podcasts, because there, there's more tea. There's some things that you, some hints <laughs> you have, dropped. Yeah. There, there, I mean, there, there was one you dropped that I even, I said, ooh, I want to hear more about that. Uh, that's going to come in a later episode. What I want to do. Indianapolis, we have Andrea Moorhead. This is the first time, Andrea, correct me if I'm wrong, that you've uh, talked about this in Indianapolis. We've seen you on TV, but we have, this is the first time we're hearing from you. This is the first chance we're able to say hi or goodbye or thank you, Andrea, right? You're the, this is first. I gave it to you. Yes, Cameron, you were the first. <laughs> All right, so this, let's do this. Pick up the phone, 317-239-1009. Give Andrea Moorhead her flower. She was on TV for oh. 21 years. She showed up during, uh, uh, we, we saw her get married, have a baby, and survive breast cancer, and she showed up every day as the most watched Despite everything that was going on, the most watched news anchor in Indianapolis, and she didn't get to say goodbye. Give Andrea her flowers, 317-239-1009. Let's do this for a couple minutes, and then we got to get to Al Sharpton. Caller on line two. Real quick, you got 20 seconds. Who's this? Morning, Cameron. Good morning, Andrea. Hey, good morning. morning. You got 20 seconds. Talk to me. Andrea, I commend you and applaud you for leading the parade, all of stabbing, uh, conniving, and undermining uh, affliction that you and many others experience in your business. And I'm mm. your number one cheerleader and the best to you. Appreciate you. Thank oh, you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. All right. Keep going. 317-239-1009. Caller on three. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, how you doing, brother? Most every 20 seconds, Andrew, I really appreciate you. When it first happened, the case first came out, seeing what happened, no one would comment about it. Uh, we thank you for your truth. I've, I've studied the term. Myself, you're right about telling stories, and you black people, Cameron, know I'm kind of hard on the media, but you are right about everything that goes on. I've just done some more studies this week about the pervasive media bias, stuff like that. We appreciate you. These words are very important. Black people, listen to what she said. This is what we have out here. Andrew, you were the greatest. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. 317-239-1009. We're on the air with Andrea Moorhead. Call her on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Oliver, William Oliver, Andrew Mohead. Go, go ahead. You got about 20 seconds, How Counselor. You doing? Thank, thank you so much for telling this inspirational story. Kind of a minute in. And uh, thank you so much for living on your feet. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hello. Counselor. You're thank welcome. You. Thank you. Thank you. 317 239 Caller on one. Good morning. Who's this? Let me do two. Caller on, what? Well, wrong button. Caller on three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello, this Hi. is Sabrina. How are you? I'm good. You're live on the air. Talk to me. Are you there? Yes, I'm I'm here. Are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, talk to Andrew. You got 20 seconds. Hey, we are Anderson natives, and we want to let you know that we appreciate everything that you have done for not only us as black women, but us as a community, and we love oh. to see you. We love you, and we appreciate you. 
Oh my God! Thank you so much, y'all. I have me class. Like my my thank grandmother you. knew your family, so we will look for you every time we watch the news. So. Oh, thank you so much. Thank I, you. Let me get some more calls. Three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. Caller on line one. Who's this? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Loud and clear. You got twenty seconds. Okay. Hi, Andrea. It's your little sex angel. I just want to say, Andrea, we love you. I just so happened to get into my car and hear you on the radio. You are a national treasure. I am so happy to know you, and thank you for everything that you've done for us. You're so welcome. Thank you. I love you. Love you, too. Thank you, 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Who's this? Dietrich. Dietrich, you're live with Andrea Moorhead. Talk to her. Andrea Moorhead, thank you so much for your services. Thank you for standing up for yourself. And thank you for speaking for people that don't have a voice living in this town of Indiana that is so nasty and racist. Thank you for standing up. And we love you. Keep pushing on. We're going to keep praying for you. And thank you. Don't don't worry about anything. God got you. Thank you for standing up. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you, Miss Andrea. Go ahead. Thank You're you. so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello? Hello. Hey, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hello, this is Miss G. Miss G, you're live with Andrea. Talk to her. I just want to say hello. Hello, Andrea. Thank you so much for what you have done and the strength that you have put forth. The struggle is real. I've gone through the same thing in another market, and you hung in there and are fighting back for me as well as the rest of us. Thank you so very much. God, continue to bless you. Thank you. All right, let me get one more. Caller on line one. You're live on open lines. Andrea Moorhead can hear you. Who's this? Hey, Ms. Moorhead. This is Ernest Collins. Ms. Moorhead, uh, I just thank you for everything you'd have done. And uh, also, I'm having problems with a case that happened uh, years ago. Uh, It had 43 years of, uh, 42 years of, it happened. Only got I a couple of seconds. A forgery, ma'am, and uh, negligence, uh, depression, uh, mm-hmm. uh, affidavits against uh, the companies that that uh, I worked with a long time ago. But I never had my day in court, and mm-hmm. uh, I just thought maybe maybe you can help me as far as get some help. Give your information to Cameron and his team, and they'll give it to me, okay? And I'll call you later this week and see if I can help walk you through it, okay? Hey, do do me a favor. Thank you. I want you Thank to you. email email me because we're because we're gonna get disconnected here okay. in a second. Yes. Okay. Okay. C R I D L E at radio dash one dot com. Okay, and I'll get it to Andrea. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's, let me let me wrap up. Uh, caller on two. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, um, this is Nichelle M. Hayes, and I just want to thank uh, Andrea Moorhead for stepping up today, and not just today, but the last 21 years, um, for the community and specifically for black people and black women. Uh, if we see something, we've got to say something. When these yeah. things are occurring in our workplace, we've got to step in, up and say something. Otherwise, you might be the next person. So thank you for your courage. Thank you for what you're continuing to do. And I pray that God will continue to bless you and your family, especially your health. Thank um, you. Thank you so, so very much. Thank and, you. And that yeah. is the Nichelle Hayes who can 
relate on a lot of things that you're mm-hmm. saying because we have talked about Nichelle Hayes from the library mm-hmm. on this show mm-hmm. at length, and she always listens. So, Nichelle, uh, thank you for uh, also, um, one, allowing us to talk about you without you being here, but for what you went through because you did yours Amen. in the public eye as well. Amen. I can't thank say you so thank you enough, Indianapolis, to everyone, to Michelle, who's called in, listening, just thank you. I never anticipated being in this position in life, but I'm honored that God chose me because I know that my voice, my experience is your experience. So know that in everything that I do and everything that I say, I am representing you, and I hope that you are pleased, and I know God is pleased. Andrea Moorhead, um, it's been an honor and a pleasure. It's a true honor you. Uh, for you to come. With, thank you. For you to come on the show. Obviously, if it, it, the phone's still ringing, uh, Indianapolis loves you and misses you. We thank you for the 21 years. I mean, TV news is hard. Um, mm-hmm. That you know, it's hard to talk about the stories that we have to talk about. Uh, but also the things that we go through behind the scenes. You know, everybody has a life, uh, and despite what you go through in life, you still have to put your best foot forward and deliver a newscast, mm-hmm. anchor a show, whatever it is. And that alone is hard. Um, yes. And so we thank you for uh, coming into our homes, uh, representing us well, both locally, nationally, internationally, all the stories you covered. I'll just simply <laughs> wrap it up and say, Andrea Moorhead, we love you. Tell everyone quickly where we can find the rest of your show. Yes, you can go on to YouTube and just type in my silence is not for sale. My silence is not for sale. Two episodes. The third one will be uploaded this evening. And again, as we continue to tell these stories, not just my story, but other stories from people who have experienced similar egregiousness in the workplace, we're also, again, talking about solutions. So we will be having other people's stories, experts, all, all of the information that you need to help you thrive and to live your better than best life. God wants us all to thrive in our workplaces. And I'm going to be about the business of making sure that that happens. So thank you for your support. I need all of you all to be involved as well. It's not just me. All of us together can make a positive difference and change in our lives and in the lives of others. Andrew, I know you won't probably ever anchor another newscast in Indianapolis, but if you're ever bored <laughs> on a Sunday morning, you can come co-host the show with me. Brother, anytime you want to, I would be honored. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Andrea. We love you. Uh, Brandon and Al love Sharpton, you. thank you for letting us steal time from your show. That's going to do it for Thanks this back. edition of Open Lines. I'll see you tomorrow morning starting at 5 a.m. on CBS 4 and at 4 a.m. on Fox 59. I'm back from vacation. Have a good Sunday. <laughs>